0: Hello, Blisteners. Welcome back to Vicious Cycle, the only comedy podcast about periods. I am your co blost Kate Elston.
1: I am your co blost Meg Trowbridge. And we don't have our usual co blost Meg Hayes, but we do have someone else in the studio.
2: I'm so blessed to be your co blessed um... <laughs> Carla
0: Lee, yay! We have Carla yay. Lee back In here, a returning guest, third time. Uh, listeners, you may remember from Carla from our episode on moms and childbirthing, uh, famously, which she recorded with us, unknowing that she was pregnant with her second child, drinking the champagne with us. Uh, found out the a next mother's day, day.
2: <laughs> to end all mother's day <laughs> <laughs> to begin a new one or to begin them anew yes there you
0: go and then uh as well she joined us to talk about the fourth trimester uh with said second child so now she's back and we're so happy to have you um filling in for, for Meg Hayes f- filling in
1: for Meg who is on her way to another continent and who can blame her
0: yeah who can blame her she just bounced <laughs> she was like goodbye america um Peace. because yeah we hi listeners uh we haven't talked since uh our bodily autonomy was stripped from us how how is everyone feeling how are we feeling
2: <laughs> Uh, feelings? I don't know. I've been doing everything that I can possibly do to uh, <laughs> block those out. So smart. Um, yeah. I like that technique. Including catching COVID.
0: Oh, jinx, uh, same ditto. Yeah. Carl and so, I have yeah. both had COVID. Remember, listeners, when I was like, hey, maybe I got uh, COVID during our live show, but it will be worth it. Was <laughs> it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's
2: funny because the, well, it's not funny, it's horrendous. But um, the other day, somebody um, actually it was the fourth after um, yet another terrible gun massacre. And somebody reached out to me and said, uh, Hey, I heard the news. Are you okay? And I really was stunned into silence because I could not parse out which news that could possibly be. Ugh, yeah. yeah. COVID, gun violence. Getting your bodily autonomy stripped. Who knows? Could be anything. Who knows?
1: Could EPA be. EPA can't do anything. It's all bad
0: all the time. Yeah. Um. But you know, well, let's well, let's let's talk about any any period updates. I mean, I for one can say that I did have my period kind of uh, futzed with. <laughs> it was a fussed with because of COVID. <laughs> um, it came fussed up. It was so. <laughs> <laughs> fucking futzed. COVID uh,
2: be <laughs> futzing around.
0: It it uh, made my period come, I mean, who knows, but my period came a week early um, mm-hmm. thanks to the old COVID. And yeah, it lasted a lot longer, um, which was ah, interesting. interesting. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, it's kind of like the shitty cherry on top of, because I, I don't know about Carla, but COVID hit me pretty hard. Um There was a good, like, 36 hours of just, like, the worst headache I've ever had and a whole night of not being able to sleep, even though I took a dose of Theraflu nighttime sleepy medicine and NyQuil and neither knocked me out. Um, And I was just, like, I felt like I was emanating heat from, like, my my palms and my feet. Like, it was weird. Um, I have had a flu before that was that feeling for, like, a week. So this was way better than the flu, but it was that exact same just, like, I'm miserable for like a whole night. Um so the the period was just the shitty, shitty, clotty cherry on top. I don't know about you, Carla.
2: Oh, you know, I'm um I've just sort of kicked things off in um heavy flow town right now. So, you know, it's um it's feeling it's feeling pretty normal uh for like a day two situation. But um you know, after after the vaccine, maybe a couple of because I've now had four shots. I've had two boosters. I wormed my way into a second and I'm convinced that's why I'm still alive right now, because um, this is miserable. But I, I, I skipped my period after the um, the vaccines, the two of the vaccines that I had uh, noticeably. So. This is. I haven't really noticed any futzing other than maybe a, a couple days early, um, but I remember hearing that others have gotten their periods whilst uh, afflicted with COVID, and thinking to myself, uh, "What a cruel, cruel prank of nature to <laughs> yeah." Not be hit with as as Meg Hayes awful. would
0: say, as Meg Hayes would say, "God is a man." This is proof yeah. that God proof is 100%. a man. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%. I'm are you feeling okay what day are we on now carla
2: of covid yeah yeah um I'm like uh of what um yeah. <laughs> it's just like the text i got from my friend right yeah. so it's been it's been about <laughs> a one week a, thank you for that one <laughs> week of covid maybe right anytime um but you know i'm sort of like taking a home test every morning took one this morning Took a little longer for that that line to, to appear, but um, still still positive. So the brain fog, I will say, like the the real like full symptoms were sort of like what you described, Kate, like 36 hours. And then now it's just I feel like my brain is literally like
0: a sieve. Well, I mean, I'm the one who said my period got futzed with. So who's got the brain fog now? OK. <laughs> this is a family
2: podcast. It's a family podcast. Yeah,
0: please. Have some respect. Um, Meg T, any period updates from you? I'm just spotting.
1: Spotting early and often. What's new? Um, yeah. Uh, although I'd, I got the impression my period was coming early because it seemed like heavy spotting. Um, but it not and uh but i have noticed so this is my second period post-covid and uh definitely seems like spotting before used to just be like hey heads up see you soon love you and now it's it's claudy and more like she will come you know it's a little more aggressive yeah Claudie's so i've heard bodies. that i heard yeah i got claudy's body this body bodies in regards to roe v wade um i'm slightly grateful that we spent so much time prepping for a show about it because once it happened it was kind of like i'd been clenching ready for it so then once it happened even though it was still like a big bummer i was like all right we move on you know like where i think other people were like what you know
0: yeah Yeah. so i feel like
1: sort of grateful i was but I don't even think I was emotionally prepared. It's like I was numb enough yeah. where it didn't, like...
0: Oh, and by the way, the ro- the announcement of Roe v. Wade being gutted officially came as my husband was isolating because he got COVID first. So I'm feeding our mm. child alone in the dining room, oh. and I'm just, like, crying at the table. And, like, I mean, and I think we FaceTimed about it. Like, I was like, they it <laughs> Roe v. Wade. But, like... It was just, it was truly the worst. Time. It felt like the beginning of 2020 when we were all isolated and the world was crumbling, and we were all isolated. Yeah. This was yeah. that, but now Scotus is evil. <laughs> like it was yes. double whammy, eviler. Yeah, um, yeah. And then so it was. It was probably one of the the real the toughest couple days ever because just like B was home from daycare, then she got COVID. I got COVID. You know, like. The world's falling apart. Oh, oh! Uh, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, has no agency over the environment. Okay, like, yeah. that's that's a fun, yeah. that's a the fun school revelation. prayer thing.
2: I mean, it was really – it was, like, a landslide of shit. Yeah.
0: And make no mistake, people, this is exactly what you vote on when you vote for president. Like, I know that, like, it's so shitty to say, like, vote because now there's nothing we can fucking do. And we all probably – if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are a voter and you did vote. And you're like, well, then fucking do your goddamn job. But, like, let's think back to 2016 when there were a lot of people out there being like, oh, what's the difference, really, between a Clinton and Trump? And it's like, this is the fucking difference. This right here is (laughs) the difference. Uh, School prayer, gun rights, like gun rights and everything, everything, everything. Um, But like, hey, uh, on a positive note, the vicious cycle, everything is fucked live show brought in over seven hundred dollars in proceeds that we donated to the National Network of Abortion Funds, and we rounded that shit Yay. up to a thousand, baby. So a thousand right. dollars. So thank you to everyone who showed up, whose ticket yeah. proceeds went to that, um, and thank you everyone for you know just being a support and donate more to funds. Okay, so speaking of abortion, uh, one thing that vicious sickle truly believes is that we need to normalize people talking about abortions, Um, I still feel very honored and surprised and so many feelings when I hear people share their abortion stories, which is why in the last couple years there's been a movement of people to shout their abortion, to normalize it, to talk about it um, with all the feelings connected um, because it's not, you know, a black or white story to tell. I think there's there's a lot of complicated feelings, but to do it in a way that doesn't feel like you have to apologize or make excuses or justify why you had this procedure, um just treat it like a, you know, like a a, a medical decision you made. And so in this episode we're going to do that. We have been over the last couple of weeks reaching out to folks, um asking our listeners to <clears throat> call in to our hotline. And talk about their abortion. So we're gonna hear some of those some of those phone calls today. And we really hope that people sit back, l- relax, and hear some hear some tales. Should we kick start with our friend G? Yes. So our first call comes from friend of the pod G, Moma, who was famously in Vicious Cycle the Musical. Famously. Um, famous the famously famous Vicious Cycle the Musical. The, I
1: think people have said that it's
0: the role that put them on the map. If that put, I recall that put, correctly. That put G on the map? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> G was no a nobody before we made them sing right. Need a Can to the tune of What a Man. Um, oh, excellent work. So, I mean,
1: granted, it was also in a show where, where Carla, did you write and perform for Piler Terry?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, oh G was in yes. your show
0: too that's right so yeah. so Blisteners. and
2: and one other one as well so i so there was <laughs> stiff competition right for, everyone wanted to work know, with G. G's um,
0: talents Blisteners, yeah. just to give you a little background so carla if you didn't know uh is a renowned comedian and producer and writer uh was a writer and performer with killing my lobster the sketch group we all work for uh now she's a board member Correct. Right? Still okay. Sure am. Um and sure am. Vicious Cycle the sure Musical am. was developed in a festival called Triple Feature where there was a lot of little shows and Carla was the an actor and writer in the show Piler Terry, which was a celebration and critique of all things Tyler Perry. It was so good.
2: It was and
0: it was it was
2: Tyler Terry. Um what was the full title? It was like Tyler <laughs> Terry presents a Pilar Terry production by Pilot. No.
0: <laughs> so so good. And our friend G was also in that show. So if you had the pleasure of, of going to the triple feature show, you likely saw G in all their glory. Everywhere. So um everywhere. G we love you. And thank you for calling in. Love. And here is their story they
3: want to tell. All right. So abortion was the best choice for me because the year was 2013. Um, my mom had just passed away. I was in a relationship that I, that was ending that I didn't want to be in um, and was recent, uh, kind of like newly discovering my trans non-binary identity and randomly was um, figured out that I was pregnant. And, yeah, I knew immediately that I did not want to um, – continue my my pregnancy that I wanted to terminate. And thankfully, I was living in California. I was an undergraduate student and had all of the resources to get an abortion. And it was a later stage abortion, so I had to have general anesthesia and the whole nine yards. And I'm so fucking grateful that I was able to get an abortion when I did because I did not want to continue that pregnancy. And that should be the only valid reason so when someone asks me oh why did you want one i did not want to be pregnant period and so i got an abortion period that's it i don't need to offer any explanation beyond the fact that i did not want to be pregnant i did not want to raise a child i did not have the resources to do so i am so grateful that i got an abortion i have no regrets whatsoever anyone with a uterus should be allowed to make that decision and should have access to a healthy and safe abortion. Because the period of the matter is, if I had not received the excellent healthcare that I had at that time in 2014 to get an abortion, I would have found other unhealthy and unsafe ways to do so, and might not fucking be here today. So you, by passing laws that prevent healthy and safe abortions from happening, you weren't preventing abortion, but you were actually causing mortality from people who do not have the resources to travel to different states or get drugs off the market to create a healthy and safe abortion process from happening. People are going to still have an abortion, just have it in really unsafe and unhealthy and dangerous ways. So I feel great about the fact that I was able to make that choice for myself. Um, okay, and so where would I be right now without the right to abortion? I would probably be I don't know where I would be I mean I think I would be um probably really unwell trying to support a child who I don't have the resources to support like as a 29 year old black trans disabled person I really had the resources to support myself um and so I think that people lawmakers really care about policing someone with a uterus's right to have an abortion because once the babies are born don't give too shits about them babies. they literally let babies get shut up in schools and do all kinds of shit so they need to let people just be alone and make their own choices because they don't actually care about it they just want to police us because they can and that's what's us <laughs> perfect that's that on
2: that yeah i i
1: don't know for sure but there was like a Ding, bong, and what I really hope is that G was telling the story on a bus.
0: They were on. A, like, they the subway,
1: I believe. They oh, really? Were, yeah,
0: either
2: waiting for the subway. <laughs> Incredible. The, yeah, so good. I, I was it. envisioning a, I was envisioning a Nordstrom, <laughs> I don't know if that's...
1: which I also no. love. Okay, I, I will.
0: Ha, I, I'll ask G to call back and ma- do that same phone call in just various locations around Manhattan. That would be really great because yep, they, they were in Manhattan at the time. Um, ugh, G, G, thank you for calling in. Um, yes. everything you said was hundred percent. Like there is period. You didn't want to be pregnant. You didn't want to be a yeah. mom. Like that's, that's the only reason people need, um, full stop. Yeah. Full stop. And it's real about oh, the policing of bodies. I mean, that's what this all comes down to. Yeah. And everyone is listening to this podcast probably knows, but like, it's not about the baby. Cause if it was about the baby, we would have universal health care. We would have cradle to grave. Yeah social services pre-k and
2: pre-k everything no guns
0: i want to say
2: i mean the the school shootings would have stopped after the first one yeah i mean we would have poured everything into that so yeah Yeah. Yeah. it is full stop full stop truly don't give a shit and
0: g is living their best life now so i'm just you know they're in graduate school for performing so you know Mm -hmm. keep up the good work g and we're with you yeah. and we love you. And
1: thank you so much for sharing your story.
0: Bicious, vicious, vicious, vicious I so, um, I guess now I would love to turn it over to Carla um, because, listeners, uh, the reason we a- did ask Carla to come on the show is because she too wants to shout about an abortion.
2: I do. So yeah, I mean, obviously you all had me on, um, to talk about my two pregnancies and now I'm ready to talk about my third. Um, still have two kids, did have a third pregnancy. Um, and so, you know, I, I was sort of conflicted actually about, I mean, you, you all know I'm, I'm a really outspoken person um and uh, and but i was still on the fence about this and this is really the the second time i've mentioned it publicly um i did have a couple of people who i went to in confidence about it um, but really what it came down to was um, by the time the announcement of Roe v. Wade being overturned, um, I was just I had boiled over and I was like, all right, I'm ready to say something. I wrote something on social media and I said, all right, I'm, I'm ready to talk. So, um, you know, to G's point about normalizing, um, I don't think that I'm the first person people think of when they imagine who has gotten an abortion. Um, I, uh, even though it's way more common than, than people would think. So, um, you know, I'm 41 years old. Um, I'm married. I've been married for nine years. I have two children. Um, I'm a resourced individual for the most part. Um, I certainly have the means to raise a third child if, if I chose to do so. May
0: I cut in? I believe your house has five bathrooms. Well, who's <laughs> counting? Um, <laughs> when we talk about resources. Right? <laughs> Listen,
2: Kate, when you move, when you leave the Bay Area, anything's possible. So so here I am in the suburbs, which, mm. as everyone knows, is just ideal for raising children. Um, <laughs> wow. But, wow. but but seriously, it's it, I, I'm just not the first person people imagine right and so and so to the point of normalizing, I think it's really important um for people who are already parents because I think actually most um women who get abortions um already have at least one child mm-hmm. um statistically, and you know so they understand what that commitment is like, and they understand what's required of you, um, to, to raise a child. So, so basically, um, I'm, I, as as people who have heard me on this podcast speak about before, um, I have a condition, uh, called hyperemesis gravidarum, um, which you know, sounds like a spell and really feels like one. And I wish it on every <laughs> member of the Supreme Court who voted to overturn Roe v. Wade for a lifetime Hell because yeah. it is one of the most miserable things I've, I've ever experienced. Um, and frankly, part of the reason why I've been so cautious about COVID. I know what it's like to be part of a smaller percentage of people who suffer really horrible complications from something. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's an awful thing to go through. Um, and so I, uh, you know, after having my second child, um, you know, my midwife who had seen me sort of seen me through all of these complications through both pregnancies, um, you know, you always sort of talk about like birth control and what that's going to look like um, with your partner. And, you know, he handed me a pamphlet about vasectomy and was like, you know, just handing you this information, really simple, talk it over, you know, with your husband. And um, maybe that's something that you all might consider because I had said, you know, my body's been through enough. I don't feel like going back on the pill anymore. I started the pill when I was 14 Decided I wanted nothing else to do with it um, after after I got married. That was a decision that I made. Um, so uh, so I, I raised that topic. Um, I was met, you know, sort of with dismissal. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what, you know, I, I obviously I'm not going to speak for my spouse on here. I don't. That's not really my place. But I do believe that there is like some very even amongst the most like men who would consider themselves extremely progressive and liberal there's some sort of internalized nonsense about um vasectomies even if uh brah you're at the end of your child <laughs> yeah. producing times what could you possibly have to lose by getting a vasectomy other than some weird you know sense of I don't know masculine I don't know toxic masculine I don't know what the hell it is I can just tell there's not
1: sperm in there anymore man
2: I can just tell like um so and it's reversible so who gives a shit um if you want to be 85 years old and try and have a kid you certainly could good luck to you my friend um (laughs) Mick Jagger (laughs) looking at you I was like, I don't know who you're planning on having a child with, but it certainly will not be. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> cause I'm done. Uh, so essentially that was sort of like played off and, um, you know, so, so in my mind, whenever somebody wants to, to understand why, um, why two people would still put themselves in a, in a position where a pregnancy could happen, um, in a consenting relationship, I would simply say, please ask the person, um, who is contributing the sperm to the situation because that was not me. Um, there were other precautions taken, um, store-bought precautions, but uh, (laughs) those are not a hundred percent. So, so uh, I, I, what I recall is that, um, I was sort of going on about life, uh, went to a conference last October. So this was last fall, um, actually had my period after, you know, the last incident happened when I could have (laughs) potentially (laughs) resulted in a pregnancy, Um, did get a period, so didn't really think twice about it. Um, And then we headed out to... Uh, the East Coast to visit family for the Thanksgiving holiday Um, and once we got there I started feeling a little off and you know the first place my mind went to was obviously COVID because I felt kind of just wrong like you know you just sort of like something's happening here a little nauseous little fatigued a little under the weather Um, certainly couldn't be a pregnancy because I had gotten a period um, but as the days progressed of this week long trip, I was feeling progressively worse and worse. Um, I thought to myself, "Should I take a pregnancy test?" And I said, "Pshaw, there's no possible way that could be positive." Um, took COVID tests; those were negative. Well, on Thanksgiving morning, I started salivating uncontrollably, and the nausea started to become very overwhelming. And I said, oh, I "Up." I know up, this up, feeling. Up, 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 up. I know this feeling how on earth <laughs> the day before nothing seemed appetizing I, and, and as the seed was getting planted. But when the salivation started, I said, Tylism is something that happens when I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I dropped my husband and my two kids off at my um, in-laws house. said, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to run to CVS. I grabbed uh, a pregnancy test and, some ginger gum, and some ginger ale because mm. something in my little, you know, intuition told me to do so. And immediately beelined for the bathroom, peed on the stick, lit up positive right away. Wow. Um,
0: so, okay, you had your period. Mm-hmm, Was it like... Sure a, how do you explain that? I don't Don't get know. It, it happens. Yeah. I have
2: heard of this happening before. I have heard of people spotting. I have heard of people having full on bleeding I mean it really was no different maybe it was a little bit lighter but again since I had it I didn't really think twice about it you're not like measuring we took precautions
1: yeah when I before because uh when I got pregnant it was ectopic I went out for drinks with Kate because I was like oh maybe it worked this time and then I started spotting and then it got heavy and I was like Okay, Roger that body and had some drinks and it was Mm -hmm. heavy spotting. But then it never became a heavy, heavy period. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, that could have just been a light period, which also happens. Or I was pregnant.
2: Here's another thing. I had gotten my COVID booster, Uh, my first COVID booster before I went to D.C. for this conference because I wanted to make sure that was taken care of. Um, so maybe it was lighter and I'm not remembering and I probably would have attributed it to the two periods that I missed from getting my original two vaccines.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So you light up pregnant on the test. What's, what's going through your head? Who do you tell? What do you do?
2: It was the worst feeling. Um, it was the worst feeling because I knew right away that I couldn't go through with it. And, um, It was gutting i mean really honestly it was i was angry um i was angry at myself i was angry furious at my husband because obviously my first thought was bro i told you to get a fucking vasectomy Mm. yeah and there i was standing there in that bathroom on thanksgiving day breaking down Emotionally and mentally, and I had to keep it together because I certainly was not going to tell my (laughs) in-laws. I was feeling really sick and exhausted and filled with rage and filled with grief and filled with panic. Um, So I walked out of the bathroom and my husband was standing there and and I walked up to him and very quietly said... I just took a pregnancy test and I'm pregnant and he just stood there and stared at me. Mm. And, uh, I said, you know, I can't go through with this. And I went and I laid down on the couch and basically blacked out. I mean, I just, you know, like the whole day was such a blur because I was so, I had to sink into the illness that I was feeling. Um, I had to, but I kind of had to act normal. So I was like, Oh, I'm under the weather, but I took a COVID test. Cause there's little children all around me. So I couldn't, you know, I had to say like, I took a COVID test. It's not COVID. I'm just feeling really ill. Um, but I had to, and so I was just sitting there alone with the reality of what I was facing. It felt super isolating Um, my head was spinning out in a million different directions. Do I try and power through this? Even though 99% of me is saying like, no way, there's absolutely no way your body can go through vomiting, like violent. I could barely go through it a second time. There's no way I can. And I have complications from it for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. So, um, do I want to leave these two children potentially without a mother or a mother who's Physically, like severely physically compromised. I mean, who knows, right? I'm yeah. older. Um, not to say that there's, but but just for me personally, I did not want to have a child after forty. That was my decision. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is is older than I am, so there were so many factors, and so I just knew. And all I wanted to do was like basically lie on the floor and cry. But I had to be at Thanksgiving Ugh. with the whole family.
0: I mean, what I've heard from people, I mean like that, have that have had an abortion is like, you obviously knew that this was the right decision for you, but there is this sort of like, not regret for the decision you've made, but the regret that you are in this position, the like resentment of being in this position.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because I've always been a hundred percent supportive of abortion. i have very pro abortion, very pro choice, like, absolutely. But I felt grateful that I had not. I mean, I've taken, you know, plan B, or whatever, you know, like, I've done things like that. But I but I, I was just like, you know, I feel grateful that I have not
0: really had to make that decision. Yeah. Um, Because even though even though though you're okay with being able to make it. Right. Even Mm -hmm. though you're okay with a decision, it's still a hard decision to make because not only is it, it's, it's a procedure you have to schedule. I mean, it's logistically just annoying.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's logistically annoying. It's physically uncomfortable. You know, I was like, I have no idea how far along I am. I can guess. Um, But then, you know, it's also interesting too. Like I was talking about what people internalize about vasectomies like for me I was actually really um shocked at how much I had internalized about um pregnancy Mm -hmm. and I you know when we finally got back to the hotel later that night uh that we were staying at I just I just went into the bathroom I did lay down on the floor and I just lost it Mm -hmm. emotionally and I just kept saying I'm sorry over and over again I just kept saying I'm sorry I can't I can't I can't have you (laughs) like I'm sorry um I said you know I'm just really sorry because in my heart um I would love to be able to have the physical resources um and the emotional and psychological resources to be able to see what a third child would have looked like in my family. But I knew that it would be no kind of life for the two children that I have. Mm. And I knew that it would be no kind of life for me. So there were definitely like, for the, the I would say like two-ish weeks, maybe a little less than two weeks that I had to wait To actually have the procedure done. There were a lot of really heavy moments of grief. Yeah. And apparently I still have them. I mean, it's not something that I I 100% do not regret my decision. And I would have made the same decision again. And I stand by it. But it doesn't mean that I didn't grieve. Yeah.
0: That's so important. I think what you just said, too, about, like, it's not just resources, but it's, like, mental and psychological resources. Like, you, it's pro-you. It's pro-you being present mentally, physically, like, spatially for your, yeah. for your kids <laughs> and for your family. Yeah. It took
2: a lot to have a, a second child because I knew I would be ill the entire yeah. time. And it was really hard on my, my older child um and i was like i just don't see how any of us could go through that again
0: yeah you're so you're first of all carla like just you're such a good parent you're just so good i see how you are with your kids and just like i wish i wish you were my mommy <laughs> <laughs> and
2: she's got a good oh mommy, God, so i don't
0: know after
2: after the last two years with lockdown and everything i don't know i've saw sides of myself that I never want to see again. No, I think you're, you're, you know, it's, um, well, thank you. I, um, but it was, it was, um, there are so many other things, but I, but I really, the isolation that I felt, um, and, and I communicated this to my husband. I said, you know, he said, well, it's, you know, we, It was hard. I mean, you know, he said, well, it was, you know, both of us are responsible for this. And I said, actually, no. I said, I asked you, I asked you to take measures to prevent this from ever happening because you are not the one who has to go have somebody vacuum your insides out, quite frankly, like I'm the one who has to live with the grief that I cannot carry a third pregnancy to term I'm the one who has to deal with the fact of almost like feeling like a failure that mm. I have illness during pregnancy and can't go through with it I'm the one who has to go be in that room and endure this physically and then mm-hmm. recover from it like me I have to do that Yeah, um, and I have to deal quite frankly with a first trimester pregnancy and all the awful symptoms While I wait for this to happen. Right. Yeah. Because I went, I went, we are fortunate to have in the suburb that I live in a Planned Parenthood. Bless them. Mm -hmm. We are so fortunate to have them. I went on, I went to schedule immediately. I went to schedule an abortion with them because it was the first thought I had. Mm -hmm. And I could not get an appointment for... Over two weeks from the date that I needed that I from that day. Yeah. So I just and that's something I really want to put a pin in before we go any further, because I think that there is a mistaken belief that people in, quote unquote, blue states have about how this impacts them. Because I've heard a lot of people say, well, thank God we live in a blue state. And I'm here to say we are surrounded here in Illinois by red states i am i am not going to say exactly where i am but i'm right i'm not far from indiana i'm not mm-hmm. far from michigan i mean you know all the wisconsin all these other places yeah. and it, w- it would have taken two weeks and i did not know how far along i was at that point so that brings other things into the mix as well um but it, but you know waiting those two weeks those waits are going to get a lot fucking longer.
0: Yeah. And like, yeah, say, to say nothing of a lot of these states are putting in 6 week bans, but so how how far along actually were you in the end? Because well, like you may have been in a position where had you lived in Texas, you were no longer able to terminate.
2: Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, I the symptoms start for me at 6 or 7 weeks. Wow, yeah. And that's common. Like usually if you have some kind of nausea or vomiting, that's when it starts. And that's people's first hint of anything. Mm -hmm. So there's no way I could have done, I had a period. Again, I just want to say like, how could I have known? Mm -mm. How could I have known? And so um, I finally went on ZocDoc of all places, entered my insurance information and entered abortion providers and found... A, a major hospital that had somebody who was within my insurance plan and had excellent ratings. And I read every single rating, like word for word, um, because it was a man. And I was like, I don't want a single I, fucking man near me already. Um, in skeptical. <laughs> already, already. I was like, no, but everyone was like rave reviews, singing this man's praises for compassion and attentiveness and whatever. You know, so I so I was able to get an appointment. I want to say, a we oh, I scheduled a telehealth visit mm. Mm. and I got on that telehealth visit and immediately just broke down into hysterical crying. I mean, I could barely speak because I couldn't believe I was having to yeah. have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked at me and said, you are a good person. <laughs> And you're making the right decision.
0: Ugh, what a sweetheart. <laughs> and Five that, stars. of stars.
2: <laughs> ma- I mean, I was, yeah. I mean, and that, of course, made the sobbing even, even worse. So, yeah. um, but he kept saying that over and over. He's he like, come in. We will take great care of you. You are a good person. Mm-hmm. You are making the right decision. Mm-hmm. So we set everything up. And then I had to wait. Mm-hmm. I had to wait a week. And I basically sequestered myself in my basement and had to deal with first trimester. So I had to deal with myself like I was pregnant. I was eating all the carbs and yeah. barfing and gagging and, you know, laying there and thinking about what was coming. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. So So, and we can get into more details about what actually happened at the procedure, but when I finally got there, um, you have to go through an ultrasound.
0: Mm. Is that, uh, is that because they need to know how far along you are?
2: Um, Yes. So I um, made my husband be in the room the entire time Mm. because I said, uh, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be here for this whole thing. Yeah.
0: You're like the version of like how states make it so that you have to hear the heartbeat. You make it so that he has yes. to look at the ultrasound. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like oh, that. Oh, and
2: and stand there and watch the entire procedure happen. Good. Because I don't play like that. Yeah. You didn't get a vasectomy. You can stand here and watch me get a fucking yeah. abortion.
1: You're going to see me get a procedure now.
2: If childbirth twice over wasn't enough to make you get a vasectomy, you can stand here and watch this abortion.
0: So he has in. he scheduled that so, vasectomy?
2: Oh, you know, I won't speak to his physical state, but let's say I believe that um things made an impact um and the <laughs> gravity of the situation was understood. Okay. So, wow. um so they do so I had to have a what what are they called a transvaginal yeah. ultrasound. The ultrasound wand up mm-hmm. which so much fun. Mm-hmm. I um, love it.
1: I find it very sexy and I find it very um gooey. comforting. <laughs>
0: Because they yeah. put a condom and on when, it and it. it's all, like, lubed up. So loose.
2: Yeah. And when you know what's about to happen, yeah. it's really just insult to injury, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Absolutely. And so um, he said, do you want to know how far along you are? Because he he didn't show me the screen. Mm. I said, please. I I. He said, do you want to know? And I said, yeah, I do, um, just for my own personal information. And he said, eight weeks. Mm. Um and he um i said i'll take one look and i looked and it's what an 8 week pregnancy looks like mm-hmm. um again gutting i was already i sobbing through the entire thing um and then he you know printed it out and threw it away and um then you know we we went into the procedure and um it was and he just kept telling me you you are a good person um you know when you're somebody's laying there shaking on a table and crying their eyes out <laughs> it, yeah. it it i sort of astral projected onto the ceiling the whole time and um but i heard him say and i will never forget his voice telling me that i was a good person and that i was doing the right thing because man i had questioned it a lot
0: oh my gosh you are a good person carla (laughs) like
2: the best person i know i am i know but in that moment
0: yeah yeah i think this is it's so not feeling it yeah. yeah i think it's so important <clears throat> to hear people talk about their abortion in a way that is is hard. It's sad. It's not just some people. I mean, just as we've learned about everything else in the world that has to do with our bodies, about childbirth and periods and menopause, you can handle, you can deal with and go through an abortion in whatever way makes sense, in whatever way. Yeah. And I think it's really important to hear someone talk about how it just sucks it's just sucks to be in that position
2: and it's not emotionally complex for everyone yeah, you know exactly. i'm just telling my story exactly. and i'm not telling this to like change anyone's mind or like do any whatever it's just this is my snapshot yeah. of like my life yeah. and i and i'm an emo- i'm a very sensitive and emotional person and that's how it affected right. me at this stage in my life um so I say that to just be honest about the emotional journey I went through with it. Um, I will say I left feeling, um, I was very, I I threw up a bunch. Um, I will say that I left feeling pretty gutted and and empty and exhausted. Um, I was also on, you know, they give you like a volume or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, and I, because I had been throwing up, I threw up like pretty violently, um, the entire ride home. Mm. And then I felt fine. Mm. Like physically, I was surprised how within 24 hours, yeah. every symptom that I had had, the amount of immense physical relief I felt was shocking. Mm. Once, wow. once that procedure had been completed wow. like overwhelmingly i felt like a human being again wow. um and the next day i poured myself a stiff cocktail and went and put up christmas lights Whew. like back at it because that's what making you do. magic
1: for the kids yeah
2: i could hug my fucking kid i didn't want anyone you know when you're feeling that ill you don't want anyone touching you like My kids were sad. They were like, mommy, why is mommy in the basement? Why is mommy in bed? Why doesn't mommy want to play? Why doesn't mommy, why isn't mommy coming to dinner? Why is mommy in the bed? You know, and it's like, I could fucking hug my kids and play with them and have dinner with them and have Christmas with them. Yeah. I could be a, I could be a fucking parent again. I could be a human being again. Wow. So I, I stood out there. I put those Christmas lights. I looked up at the sky. I said, I'm sorry that I couldn't have you. I said, thank you. Like you're special to me because you taught me like to access a strength in myself that I, you know, every pregnancy has taught me to access a strength in myself that I didn't know that I had before. And that was just another iteration of that, you know, like another phase of that. Wow. Um,
0: um, so does anyone that. like have a knock knock joke or something? <laughs> Before we go on, because <clears throat> we have two more phone calls to play. That I'd love now that we know Carla's story, I'd love Carla to you know in in hearing our next two phone calls, Carla to talk about, you know, respond knowing her story now. But <laughs> this this is a lot and this is this is tough. So if anyone has like. A joke <laughs> or a funny thing that happened. <laughs> that would be a. That would be a really great time for Meg Tro to do magic on Zoom.
2: <laughs> all right,
1: here uh, comes. Ready. What's a foot long uh-oh. and slippery? Foot long
0: and slippery. I don't know,
2: girl. You know, all I can think about is that fucking wand, like
0: come on. <laughs> the trans ultrasound no, wand. wand.
1: It's um, it's a slipper, slippery. Oh wow. Oh, oh wow. wow,
2: that's really good. Ayo. I'm so sorry. It's
1: it's the only joke I know. When someone's like, "Do you have a joke?" I'm like,
2: uh. <laughs> "That's <laughs> all I like street jokes, street jokes, street <laughs> jokes." <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so uh. we'll we'll
0: come back to Carla because I got some questions I want to ask you about what this. Or you told us, but let's listen to this other phone call. Now this one's like over 11 minutes, so. Uh, But I want to play it in its entirety. And this is from someone who did not leave their name. And here it is.
4: I have a story about the abortion that I had when I was 26, which was six years ago. I found out I was pregnant um, at a home pregnancy test. Immediately, I began to cry. I panicked. It was the worst thing I could possibly have imagined finding out. I texted a friend and she said, don't worry, you have options, it will be okay. I told my boyfriend at the time, we talked about it, and we both decided that it would be best if I terminated. I live in Wisconsin, and in Wisconsin, I soon found out that there are only two abortion clinics or two clinics that perform abortions in the entire state. Um, They're located in Madison and Milwaukee. So, both in the southern part of the state. I lived about an hour and a half away from each one of these towns. Uh, so, I had my pick of which one I wanted to go to. I was very fortunate in that I had transportation, and I had the time off of work, and I had the money available to pay for the abortion. My first appointment was scheduled about two weeks after I first called Planned Parenthood, That's just how that works in the state of Wisconsin. It takes two weeks for the first appointment. The first appointment is a consultation where you talk to a nurse, you talk to a doctor, and then there would be a second appointment scheduled for two weeks after that for the actual procedure. So I spent the two weeks waiting for the first appointment completely panicking, anxiety ridden, And never have I felt so alone in my entire life. Being pregnant when you don't want to be pregnant and when you're planning on terminating is extremely lonely. It's, it was the loneliest time I've ever had. I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Um, My boyfriend at the time was not very supportive or interested in my feelings and I couldn't tell anyone. My work suffered, my family life suffered, my home life suffered. It was the worst part of the whole experience was that two-week waiting before that first appointment. Can we pause?
2: So if I'm understanding correctly, you have to wait one month after finding out after making the decision to terminate until it can actually
0: happen that's how you know these laws are made by people that have never been pregnant like they're yeah. just like oh yeah Fucking what's another month of having this thing in you
2: hell yeah for real okay so can I? so who's the cru- who's the cruel person here because i love how it's all about when a heartbeat happens and when this happens and mm-hmm. that happens So you're actually making these things. You're actually prolonging the development of this fetus or this embryo. Like, yeah, you, you, sir, are the sadistic and fucking cruel one, if I may.
1: If I dare say. Well, because then also that feels like it feeds right into the bans based on the weeks. Right. Like if they can delay it by four weeks, then it's like, oh, well, you weren't ready four weeks early enough, you know.
2: I just, I just think that's so fucking sadistic, and so I can't fucked. even handle it. And uh, she, and just hearing her talk about how lonely and isolating and how it impacted every single aspect of her life—that is another thing that I would like to get into later
4: on. Mm-hmm. I would like to continue the call, but
0: yeah, we'll I, we'll talk about that. Okay, continuing.
4: I was fortunate though in that I was able to have my boyfriend drive me to Madison to have the procedure or to have the first appointment. I was fortunate that I was able to take time off of work. I was fortunate that together we were able to easily pay for it. I was just very fortunate in a lot of ways that other women maybe wouldn't be. The first appointment was a consultation, and I met with a nurse and a doctor where they confirmed that I was doing this of my own choice and that I understood what I was doing. I was seven weeks along at that time. So they were able to offer me either a medical abortion or a surgical abortion. And they explained the differences, the recovery time, all of that stuff. And I chose to have the surgical abortion because it would be one and done. There would be no more follow-up appointments. It sounded a lot less painful and, by the time I was done talking to the doctor and the nurse, I was so much less anxious. I was just ready to do it. The other thing that Wisconsin has pregnant women do when they want to have an abortion is that they force you to have a transnational ultrasound, which is where they stick a wand up your vagina and um, take a look at the baby and... Turn the screen of the ultrasound machine towards the mother, I put that in quotations, towards the baby carrying, towards the person carrying the fetus or embryo, and she has to look at it. So they did this for me, and the nurse that was doing the ultrasound said, I have to turn this screen towards you, that's the law, but you don't have to look at it. You can close your eyes, you can look away. You do not have to look at it. But I did look. I was curious. I'd never been pregnant before. I'd never had an ultrasound before. And I felt nothing. The little blob, I guess, had a heartbeat. She pointed it out to me. Or, you know, she answered what questions I had about it. Um, but it, I didn't feel anything except for irritated that this thing was invading my body. And that was how I felt for the next two weeks while I waited for my appointment for the actual procedure. And Because I felt betrayed by my outrageous. body. I felt like my body had been taken over by something that I didn't give permission to have happen. I was on birth control at the time. I had been on birth control pills for many years. My boyfriend and I were in a committed relationship And we only were with each other ever. Um, I thought that I had done all of the correct things so as to not get pregnant. And unfortunately, I still ended up pregnant. And so this was, it was very, not only was it a very lonely time, but it was a very frustrating time as well. It's very frustrating to feel like you're not in control of the things that your body does. So I waited for my second appointment. My second appointment, I went in very ready to have this whole thing be over with. My boyfriend had to stay with me or stay in the clinic the whole time that I was going to be there, which again, I'm very fortunate that I had a support person to come with me and that he was able to be there the entire time. Um, I realized fully throughout this whole story how privileged I was at at every turn. At the clinic, they gave me a Valium, and I had opted for no no anesthesia, so I was going to be awake during the procedure, um, which I thought sounded fine. They took me back after a while. By the time they took me back, really the Valium had worn off, and so I was feeling a little bit anxious. There was a doctor and a nurse in the room. They had me um, undressed from the waist down and uh, lay on the table and put my feet in the stirrups. And the nurse stood at my head. She held my hand and the doctor very kindly talked to me the whole time. She let me know what she was doing. She let me know when things were going to be over Um, She and the nurse kind of made small talk with me about uh, what were my plans for that weekend, uh, what kind of things did I like to do in my free time. And then, like that, it was over. And really, the procedure was not painful at all. Um, The worst part was the shots in my cervix. They give you numbing shots in your cervix, and that, that was the worst part. But the actual suctioning, um, the actual C was not painful. And then I sat up and I said, I'm not pregnant anymore. And the doctor said, nope, you're not pregnant anymore. And I just felt so immensely relieved. They took me to the recovery room where I sat and had a snack and rested, um, I started to cry, and still to this day, I can't figure out why I was crying. (laughs) It wasn't because of guilt, regret, anything like that. It wasn't even out of true sadness, except for it might have been out of sadness for myself that I had to go through this. I never wanted to have an abortion. I never wanted to be someone who had an abortion. I never wanted to be in that clinic. I never wanted to be in that position, and... I didn't know what things would be like for me after this was done. I didn't know how this would change me as a person. And I think I cried because I was mourning this this part of my life. So after the recovery time, uh my boyfriend drove me home. We got Taco Bell on the way home. I went to bed early that night and I went to work the next day. And from time to time, I would think, wow, I had an abortion. And then I'd think back to it. And the most traumatic part of it was the loneliness, the betraying, the betrayal of my body, and um, just feeling bad for myself that I was in that situation. There was no other really trauma involved. And my favorite part of my story, or what I think that sets my story apart, is that there really wasn't any reason for me to have an abortion. And I say reason in quotes, because I don't think that there ever needs to be a reason for someone to have an abortion. Just want to make it clear that I was old. I was 26. I worked a full-time job. I had health insurance. I had been with my partner for two years. He worked a full-time job. He owned a home where we lived. We had lots of family support around. I had no health conditions that would prevent me from having a healthy pregnancy. I had nothing I was waiting to do first before I wanted to have a baby. There was absolutely no "Quote unquote, good reason for me to want to have an abortion. I just absolutely at that time did not want a baby. I didn't want to be pregnant. That's a great reason. I didn't want a baby. I didn't want to be a parent. I didn't want any of it. And All the to best me, reasons. that that's the <laughs> most important part of my story. That's that's the most important takeaway that I have from my story." is that there doesn't need to be some dramatic reason to have an abortion. It doesn't need to be justified. We don't have to earn having abortions. I just didn't want a baby. And I think that now with all of this Roe versus Wade stuff coming up, it's, um, it's very upsetting and it's very triggering. And I feel like it probably is to most women who have been in that position. And so I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. I wish we could talk about it more. I wish I could tell more people. I wish I could educate more people about it and about what it is really like to have it happen. So thank you.
0: Wow. Caller, thank you so much for that. Yeah. That story was so powerful. and. Thank you. Yeah. I love her so much. Oh, yeah. Love. I really I, do.
1: I mean, one, absolutely, you don't need a reason. You don't want a kid, you don't have to no, care. We okay. don't want you to have a kid if you don't want a kid. You yeah. should no, don't have, don't a have kid. one. Yeah. But also, you know I'm living for that Midwestern accent.
2: You know I'm so <laughs> Listen, happy to hear. the second she hear. started talking, I was trying to clock. I was like, it's not Minnesota, yeah. it's not Illinois. Where are we Oh, that's a Wisconsinite
1: over there. And oh, yeah.
0: Ugh! That's and listen, insane. love the Taco Bell shout. That should be Taco yeah. Bell's. Like, forget like sixth breakfast or whatever they, their tagline is. It's like, come to us after you have an abortion. Like, we Planned are. Planned Parenthood should yeah, have a deal with because, Taco Bell. Yes, yeah. For every abortion you get, one gordita, Taco Bell and four
2: roses, it. bourbon. <laughs> yes.
1: You're speaking my language.
0: Um, so, one Listen. thing that stuck out to me about that call, I mean, first of all, the fact that she said the exact same thing you did, Carla, which was just like the loneliness and the, mm-hmm. and, and the, and then being totally free and happy once it was over. Although she did say she cried, but yeah, I think that's <laughs> to be expected after Probably relief and, yeah, yeah it was just and hormones thing. and weird. I mean,
2: it's an invasive, it's yeah. an invasive procedure. Right. Somebody, yeah. you know, I mean, all the aspects of it are, Invasive. Right, but yeah. I
0: think the thing that and you talked about this when we stopped the call, but like it sounds like the worst. Uh, so much of this, the worst part, are the stupid man-made hurdles that her mm-hmm. state has imposed. They make it so that there's only two places that you can right. go to. So if you live six hours away, congratulations, now you have to go six hours two ways twice because twice. they've yeah. also made this stupid arbitrary rule about. A, con- a consultation and then a procedure fucking weeks so like so that it's like if we really what cared, if you're in
2: some sort of an emergency situation yeah who right. knows and like where you have sepsis can you
0: imagine yeah. just like what our society would be like if people just took care of birthing people or people that could like <laughs> just like oh you want to you want to terminate your pregnancy go down the street and we will like yeah you can do it right now i mean later in the season we talked to a doula who an abortion doula so everyone stay tuned for that and she Mm -hmm. and they talk a lot about their work but like it's like the shittiest thing about this is is the laws is the is the system yeah not the procedure itself
2: absolutely and all the people who can't drive all the the, these children yeah 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 <laughs> who've already suffered enough and can't drive themselves even an hour to go have anything? Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Ugh. Yeah. And this is the reality um, now. This isn't even like a fucking like. But we care about children. But well, we care about children. Yeah.
1: Of course we care about the children as long as they're in. We want these children and to not be needing born. Their resources.
0: Yeah, we want these children to be born to parents who absolutely don't want them. Right. Yeah. We want these children to be born as a constant
1: reminder that women shouldn't have sex. Ever. They are dirty, (laughs) dirty people.
2: Or be victimized or be, you know, have anything traumatic happen to them. Right. Um, Let's just traumatize them even more. So, gosh, I mean, everything that that she described was so relatable, um, start to finish. Um, I, you know... I was taking notes because COVID brain is a thing, but when she was talking about like the, the impact on her job suffering and all of these things, you know, when I think about the things that my uterus has cost me professionally, emotionally, psychologically, monetarily, um, you know, That is, we could do two hours on that alone, (laughs) Um, career-wise. I mean, for real, like I, perfect example. I had a personal phone call from somebody who was encouraging me. um, So I have not been working throughout the pandemic because I'm a creative. And what am I going to do? Also had just had a baby right before the pandemic hit. So I've been sitting here um, making zero dollars because my career um, does not did not afford us a steady salary, um, no health care, whatever. So my husband's job took precedent, and guess where I wound up with the kids and taking care of the house. So I had been sort of edging back into um, my career and trying to figure that out, and I had somebody say, "Hey, there's this fantastic grant opportunity. The deadline is the end of this week. This was like two days before Thanksgiving." Um, mm-hmm. Talked to them while I was on the trip you are a shoe in for this grant. Um, it's perfect for your work. Um, if you can, I said, absolutely. I said, I'm not feeling great, but I said, I, I think I can get the application together if I really just pump it out and make it happen. Well, what happened? I got sicker and sicker and sicker by the hour to the point where there was absolutely no way I could physically look at a screen without mm. vomiting. Mm. So guess who didn't get to even apply for the grant opportunity? Yeah. So it's just... And that's one of like a million different things, right? Right. But then that's the other consideration is like, if I was... I would still be pregnant right now, I think. I'm bad at math. But... Mm. Or about to have a baby or whatever it is. Right. And doing what? And doing what? Because I had to quit working when I was pregnant the last time. Mm. Yeah. So then it's just these ways in which women still not only get paid less than men and as a black woman I get paid 65 cents on the dollar but then also lose a million different career opportunities because they're dealing with all the consequences of having a fucking uterus
0: and that's what they want they want women to be back in the kitchen not in the work in the workforce yeah like what
1: the caller said about like like maybe she was crying about the betrayal of her body and I was like yeah absolutely like like that you're just trapped in that the consequences are so dire, especially as your choices get taken away. Like it's truly like it takes over nearly a year of your life. And then also there's a child after to take care of for the rest of your life. And then your time after. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a huge consequence. And and it's, you know, one, absolutely don't need a reason. Uh, Don't need like a dramatic reason. It can just be no, thank wanna you. I want to be a parent right now. It can be that's and a that's, don't from me. That's, that's the a reason. That's a don't from me at, in this moment. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the, I, it's like, I don't think anyone truly, like the fact that she was like, I just never thought I was going to be someone who had to have an abortion, you know, like pro-choice, all this stuff. And so it's not like people are... I don't know
2: craving abortion. Yeah,
1: or like it's their birth control. You know, like that's really not. (laughs) Yeah, that's the most insane
2: fucking thing. Like, yeah, who wants to go through that shit?
0: Right. Again, these are people. These are people that never that don't have uteruses that say these things. Like, yeah, they don't know what it fucking feels like. Right. (sighs) Um, Yeah. One thing that she said that I'm curious, Carla. She said that like, and this is obviously like her. Like, she didn't feel like she had anyone to talk to. In those two weeks before the consultation, there was no one. I wondered if you um, told anyone what you were going through other than your husband at this point. Did you have anyone to sort of talk to?
2: Uh, I told, I think I told my mom after the mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because, and this is something I need to deal with, but I didn't want her to worry. Yeah. I had to move away from my mom. Mm-hmm. She survived, went through and survived cancer um, and I could not see her because we're separated by COVID and distance right. mm-hmm. now. Um, and I just did not want to stress sure. her out. I preferred to tell her after the fact because I knew she would understand, but I didn't want her. Yeah. I just know yeah. how she is. And I know that she would just be like feeling ang- sad and anxiety mm-hmm. and all those things for me knowing what I was going through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had no, I laid in a basement by myself yeah. A finished basement. Okay. Yeah. A finished it's basement. a nice basement,
0: everybody. <laughs> okay?
2: Spacious. It's a suburb. Yeah. Um, it was just me and my stories mm-hmm. and a lot of marijuana. So that's another yeah. thing I just briefly want to touch on. Um, somehow it acc- I said, listen, I am dying down here feeling mm-hmm. so fucking ill and barfing all the time. And a light bulb went off in my head because I couldn't take, I wasn't going to go get Zofran because I hate that shit. Um, Mm. but I was like, huh, marijuana, that's how people deal with nausea. (laughs) So I got my hands on some weed and smoked a nonstop. And guess what? Ironically enough, the one thing that I absolutely could not do to give me relief with my other two pregnancies gave me more relief than anything, Mm. anything that I ever took. Yeah. During those pregnancies.
0: Hey, listeners! So it turns out this episode sparked some amazing conversations with Carla and the and the callers who called in. So we're going to end up splitting this episode into two parts. Um, stay tuned for part two, which maybe we'll drop in like a couple days. I don't know that we'll wait a whole week to do it because it's so important. So anyway, just keep an eye out in your feed. We'll drop part two where we'll hear more from Carla. We'll hear another abortion phone call. And don't worry, we'll talk about some lighter things. We'll talk about what filled our love taint, so to speak. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. Keep calm and bleed the fuck everywhere. Our theme song was written by Meg Trowbridge and performed by The Go Ahead. Find them at thegoaheadmusic.com. And our Vicious Psycho logo was created by Katie Newman. Find her at katienewman.online.